Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Lucinda Bradford is a ghostwriter who has quite a story to share. When she had to leave her teaching career due to a chronic illness, she wasn't sure what would come next. But she now has a thriving business and it's partly down to networking. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Lucinda. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're a ghostwriter and an editor, which sounds very exciting. Tell me about what it is that you do. Okay, so essentially a ghostwriter is someone who writes content for people or businesses in their brand voice, but they don't get any credit for it, Mm. um, except obviously like payment. Um, So it's basically like a behind the scenes kind of writer. So it's essentially a fancy term for a copywriter. Um, That's the way I usually describe it. Um, And often ghostwriters will write, you know, books for celebrities, for example, Mm. um, or other people. And these people tend to be um, people who want to write something, but they just don't know how to articulate what they want. Yeah. And how do you make sure that your voice is 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 the brand voice of the company? How do you get that across in your writing? Well, I tend to um, firstly have a chat with the person that I want to write for or who they want me to write for. Um, and I kind of get an idea of who they are as a person, because mm-hmm. often when we write, our personality kind of um puts itself into the writing yeah so if you are like a business oriented person you're not going to write something that's full of jokes or that's really funny you're going to write something that's really professional sounding and um straight to the point whereas if you are like me for example you make a lot of jokes you tend to try and add a bit of humor then that will come across in your writing as well so for me it's all about understanding the personality of the person or company involved And then from there, I can kind of assimilate into them. It's kind of like being a chameleon, really. (laughs) (laughs) So what kind of businesses have you done this for? Um, Mostly small businesses who might have started up in the past year or so. Those tend to be the businesses that I've worked with so far. Um, So often there'll be businesses that really want either a lot of content or They want something written, but they just don't know how to, you know, articulate it into writing. Um, And that's where I come in. Yeah. And have they been from um, particular sectors or is it quite a broad spread of business types? Um, It's quite a broad spec um, at the moment. Um, I mean, I've worked with a coach, for example. I'm working currently with um, a tech company. Um, I've worked with an artist as well. Mm. So it tends to be like a broad range of people, um, which is fine for me. Like, I, you know, I see myself as a chameleon. Like I can, you know, assimilate into different groups, essentially, um, in order to understand their uh, ideas and their personalities and be able to put that into writing for them. Yeah. Now, I know that ghostwriting isn't the only thing that you do. Tell me about some of the other services that you offer. Um, So I am a professional editor. Um, I have a diploma from the College of Media and Publishing, 
um, in proofreading and editing. So along with the ghostwriting, I also have an editing service. So if, say, a business has some content that they don't necessarily want rewriting from scratch, mm. but they want it checked over, then I can absolutely do that. And, you know, editing, I really enjoy, <laughs> oddly. Um, it, it sounds odd, but I just enjoy picking part of other people's content and making it better and making it more accessible for readers. Um because often I'll come across content and it's riddled with spelling errors, grammatical errors, and it just, it doesn't look professional. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you find that enjoyable. I think a lot of people like you know, creating the content in the first place, but don't like having to go back and pick through it and, and change it. So it's great that you're there to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes to your own content, it's a bit different. Um so like I, I, I'm writing my own book and I, I don't enjoy editing my own work, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. And I'm yeah. sure like, as you said, like other people definitely feel the same. Yeah. But I enjoy editing other people's work. Um, I, yeah, I, I, so. I think often that you don't see your own mistakes, though, do you? No, that is a thing. Um, you know, one of the things I learned while doing the, the, the proofreading diploma was even as a proofreader, you'll make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to happen, and that's why you need someone else to look at your content for you because they can pick out the mistakes that you might not necessarily see. Because you know, you'll be writing, say, a blog post for like a few days, and it will just be it. It it gets to a point where you you've just been looking at the same thing over yeah. and over again constantly, and you just don't see any of the mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why you either get someone else in to have a look at it or you take a break from it for a week and then come back to it because then it's like you're looking at it from a fresh pair of eyes. Yes. Yeah. So is, is writing something that you've always enjoyed doing? Absolutely. Um, 100%. <laughs> it's, it's been my passion since like secondary school, really. Mm. Um, even before that, I was always very creative and coming up with like make-believe stories. I was always very inside my own head. Um, <laughs> so, but I didn't properly start writing until I was probably about 13 mm. when I started writing a book and it was terrible <laughs> um, as it would be at that age. Um, but I just kept doing it and I kept enjoying it and it got to about when I was in year 11 I think and a particular teacher um actually read my writing and she was like wow this is this is actually really good Mm. like you've got something here and I was like oh because up until that point I never really found a particular niche that I felt I belonged in I was Mm. always very much an all-rounder at school like I was pretty much average yeah um compared to some of my other classmates um who you know they probably excelled in like a couple of things but I was never really like that um so to find that writing was my thing yeah was brilliant for me and I kind of took it and ran with it really um but the odd thing is that I never thought I could make a career out of it Mm. well my my next question was how did you get into this career yeah like well I don't even know where to start with that because <laughs> it starts off like um, it's it's strange because where I was a year ago 
I never thought I'd be here mm. essentially with my own business and doing writing as a career because I always assumed that you know to be a writer meant you had to be kind of a JK Rowling mm. you know yeah writing books for other people and you never necessarily made a success out of it um so I actually went into teaching when I got out of university four years ago yeah now um and you know I I considered myself a good teacher I enjoyed it a lot and it was what I thought I was going to do um until March 2019 happened and I got sick and Mm. I had what was suspected to be a ruptured ovarian cyst um which was extremely painful um and I remember it very vividly um it, it was it was very traumatic for me because I had no idea what was going on yeah. and I was in a lot of pain. Um, and it kind of it, it was kind of a benchmark for me because before that point I was doing really well in my teaching and I was um, progressing a lot as well um, and learning a lot. And then after that, it was like I kind of shut down mm. um, and I just couldn't. It was honestly like just getting through each day and luckily I did make it to the end of my training um and I I did manage to kind of limp towards the end um with a lot of support along the way but at the end of it I mean with teaching um I don't know if you know but once you've completed your training year you have to do a full-time teaching year called your NQT year newly qualified teacher year in order to retain your qualified teacher status yeah now I decided to put that off and I thought okay I'm not going to be able to start that until I know what's going on with my body because I was still in a lot of pain yeah um so I put it off and I decided to go part-time by working with a teaching agency I moved back in with my parents um to get you know full support yeah and from there I um went on the path to getting a diagnosis and I suspected at the time that I had something called endometriosis Mm. um for it which is a a disease in you know about 10% of women or non-binary people or trans men um that impacts on their like gynecological stuff as it were um uh and so yeah I went on the path to getting diagnosed with that and then obviously COVID happened yes (laughs) so everything got delayed um and you know after a year of waiting and waiting um I finally got my surgery in um uh, January 2021 yeah um and by the time I reached that point, I'd had enough with teaching. I just yeah. felt I couldn't do it anymore. And I remember sitting in the car with my mum and um, at the hospital being like, I can't do it. I just can't do it anymore because it, it, I, the trauma I'd gone through was just, yeah, it, it just ruined it for me. Mm. Um, and again, it was, I was a completely different person compared to when I'd been doing my training year yeah um before March 2019 so once I decided to leave I thought well what am I good at I'm good at writing and so I started to research how you know what to do with that particular skill and I came across um 
freelance writing and in particular someone called Elle McCain who is a Canadian freelance writer um, and she's been a big inspiration to me Hmm. um, because she's obviously she's um, a stay-at-home mum who has two twins and she decided to go on the freelance writing path in order to kind of spend time with her twins and that was what worked for her so I was like well hang on you know I've got this chronic condition I can't go out to work because I'm limited by what I can do. Mm-hmm. I could work from home and do writing. So that that's really how I kind of got into it. And then over the course of 2021, you know, I learned lots. I got the diploma in editing and proofreading. Um, and it kind of just grew from there, really. Um, so, yeah, bit of a long story, but that's really how I got here. <laughs> so it, it sounds like once you'd made that decision to leave teaching, getting your own business set up happened quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I have to remember that as well, leaving teaching was a wrench for me mm. because it was it was something that I'd hung on to for so long. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like a failure. Um, mm. And it took me a long time to get over that feeling. Mm. Um, so, yeah, with the whole business thing, um, I kind of just wanted to jump into it. Yeah. Really. Um, I wanted to learn as much as I could. And I started publishing content in March last year. Um, so, I, you know, I did all of that. And I learned along the way, did a couple of courses to kind of get the feel for it. And then I finally, um, in August, got my first sale and I was really excited. That's brilliant. Um, Yeah. So then along the way, I got the the support I needed um, from the Chamber of Commerce as well, which kind of guided me for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I don't think anyone can say that that's been a failure, Lucy, at all. (laughs) No, no, I mean, obviously, like now I I definitely don't feel that I'm a failure. Mm. But when I did decide to leave, I I definitely felt like I was a failure because I hadn't done a full time year of teaching. I hadn't retained my qualification. Mm. I felt like my training year had been a waste of time. Mm. Um, But in a way, it wasn't because it taught me a lot about yes. myself and it yeah. taught me a lot about organization and um and you know putting myself out there more and just yeah it, it did teach me a lot so yeah but at the time I was in a very dark place and yeah. um I was very depressed and you know stressed as well because of the pain mm-hmm. yeah I can imagine so mm. let, let's talk about networking now then how how did you come across networking for your business um so it was actually through the support of the chamber of commerce mm-hmm. um that networking was suggested to me um and I'd never really thought about it I thought with networking you know it was going out to meet people but obviously with covid it's changed everything yeah, yeah. So I've come into it at the kind of the tail end of COVID and everyone's online already. So yeah. <laughs> this is pretty normal for me <laughs> doing, um, you know, online Zoom events and stuff like that. So it, it really kind of just, yeah, it, it was suggested to me that networking was important. So I was like, okay, let's give this a go. Um, I tried. The first networking event I attended was from the FSB, the Federation of Small Businesses. Yeah. And that was a really good first go. I remember when it got to my turn to do the pitch, my heart was racing because I was like, I've never done this before. What am I doing? And then I just kind of, you know, 
fitted into it and I found wow okay I really enjoy this I really enjoy meeting new people and learning about everyone's businesses and putting myself out there more and then from that first meeting you know I met loads of wonderful people who introduced me to their own networking groups um so that was really how it got started um yeah so so what what difference do you think that networking has made to your business oh it's it's been the main kind of I guess customer stream for my business Mm. I haven't had any other customers a bar one or two who have come from who yeah who have come from networking really um you know um you know I'll meet people and I think I think it's just the fact that obviously with writing and content writing, copywriting, it's quite a high demand. Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky in that respect that, you know, I'll go to a networking meeting and people go, oh, I need a writer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And um, yeah, like for me as well, it's the one to ones after. Yes. So it's not just about going to the networking meeting. Yeah. It's the one to ones that you book in with people. Um yeah. And, you know, even if they don't turn into a customer themselves, they can still pass your details on to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about some of the networks that you attended. You said you started with with FSB. What what else have you been to? Um, The other big one is Talk Networking. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to Felicity here because (laughs) she is what I call a bean. I call people who um, are just wholesome lovely individuals beans oh. <laughs> um, so I will, yeah she, she's she's lovely um and taught networking is brilliant um you know my favorite one's the mingle taught networking mingle um event which is you know I think it's an award-winning one mm-hmm. um so yeah there's that one um and then there's just a couple of other ones so there was one called go networking which I go to um every so often um which holds like twilight and brunch meetings mm-hmm. um and I often go to the twilight ones um and then a couple of uh, other ones like the wow web um I occasionally go to as well but for me it's it's two main ones which are the FSB and talk networking um which I found have been the most helpful to me um, and the biggest reach as well. Yeah. So Um, how how important do you feel that online networking is for somebody like you who has a a chronic condition where you're often in pain? Oh, it's, it's, it's essential. I think, Um, I mean, I'm happy to go out to like in-person networking events, but if they're, you know, further away, I can't drive there because mm. because of where my particular pain is and how I drive. If I drive for more than about half an hour, you know, I'm in agony. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again, the in-person meetings, it depends where they are. Yeah. So with something like online events, and I mean, now you can go to attend events that are based up in like Scotland, for example, and you can just like yeah. turn up to like a Zoom event there and you're like, hey, <laughs> um, which is great. Um, and I think it's just so wonderful. It's just opened up a whole new world of businesses that ordinarily, you know, chronic illness or not, you wouldn't have had access yeah. to. Um, so I think it's absolutely essential. And I hope that they stay. Yeah. Um, I hope that they stay and be mixed with in-person events. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you, your business, very much like mine, has no geographical restrictions. You can work for anybody anywhere, can't you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm mostly working with UK-based businesses. But in the future, I mean, you never know. You might mm. work with like people in the US, people in Canada, people in India. It it can it's it's without limitations really um which is great yeah Mm. so is networking uh something that you would encourage other small business owners to do oh yeah 100 percent um i mean for me as i said this is like the main way that i get customers um and the turnaround is pretty quick from like a, a networking meeting to somebody making an inquiry like it's within a week sometimes Mm. which is brilliant um so I would definitely recommend it for other small businesses and especially startup businesses yeah um because it's the only way you're going to get yourself out there um and it's a great place for you to practice your pitch um and meet lots of other wonderful people who not only can turn into customers but can also help you as well yeah um and to have business friends yeah as as it's called um so yeah um definitely recommend so how do you hope that your business is going to grow this year have you got any grand plans oh I mean I do want it to grow um I do have goals set um you know I've got goals set for halfway through the year in order to kind of try and grow it um at the moment I'm trying to take it as it comes because obviously I'm dealing with my chronic illness Mm -hmm. on the side um and that's part of my business model in a way, you know, I, I prefer to be honest about it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like I, it's kind of just taking it as it comes, still doing the networking, you know, the marketing side of things, putting myself out there more um, and just getting, know, getting to know loads of other people. And I think the main thing is having fun with it. And I am having a lot of fun. I am enjoying every single step. Yeah, that I'm taking and there's not one part of this process where I think oh I've got to do that oh that's like I'll yeah. just enjoy all of it <laughs> that's um, brilliant to hear. and that definitely comes across in in your voice how much you're enjoying doing it yeah I love it it's it's it, it is I'm honestly living a dream at the moment um and it, you know compared to how I was literally a year ago when I just had my surgery and I was considering leaving teaching like it's like night and day is completely different (laughs) yeah well that's brilliant so I wish you all the best on your continuing journey and how can people find you if they'd like to know more about the services that you offer um so I have a website which is www.lucinderelizabeth.com um you can find me there I'm also very active on LinkedIn and my Facebook page um under the handle ghost lucinda so you can find me there and you know i'm on all other social platforms like twitter and pinterest and youtube no not youtube sorry <laughs> instagram <laughs> um yeah so you can find me there um but mostly my website and linkedin are the main places uh, that you'll find me brilliant well thank you so much for sharing your story with us and as i said just good luck for the future and i hope that your business continues to flourish Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure um, recording this with you and I wish you all the best as well. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.